We've been uh, talking into uh, this thing of uh, authentic faith. Uh, it's an amazing topic. Faith is a, a topic riddled throughout the Bible. And uh, we heard a great message from Pastor John last week just introducing the topic of faith. He, he mentioned that there's three kinds of faith, saving faith, gift of faith, uh, faith as a muscle. And I would encourage you that if this topic of faith is something new to you, that is an amazing message to go back and listen to as we continue to talk around this topic. And all of us have faith journeys. All of us are, are going through things that we're believing for, breakthroughs, different things. And uh, one particular one that I had for many, many years was, uh, Sam called me Dr. Isaac, but uh, not quite yet. However, the whole process of getting into medicine was just a wild ride uh, and a big faith journey. I remember in 2009, some of you may know this story, I've shared it before. 2009, I was in year 10, uh, about the time when they start to ask you, what do you want to do with your life, all that stuff, because apparently at 16, you can make that kind of decision. Um, <laughs> I don't know any 16-year-old. Actually, I, I was 16 and kind of knew what I wanted to do, but it was a process over time. But anyway, that time in my life, I started to just get this desire. I don't know where it came from, but to do medicine, something to do with uh, science and the human body and so on. And so when I finished school, uh, I didn't quite get the OP I needed, so I had to look for other ways in. So I started to do a science degree, uh, which I finished at the end of 2014. And then began this uh, time in my life for about five years where... I was just earnestly trying to get into medicine. Uh, I was praying to God about it. I had prophetic words spoken over me about getting in. I had all these things happen, but for five solid years, I sat this entrance exam. It's the most ridiculous thing ever, but, and the worst bit is, is it's expensive. It's like 500 bucks to sit. So, and a majority of people fail. So it's like you're paying and you're just, Anyway, something needs to change there. But I sat this exam five times. Uh, I know most people that have done it twice at best and been like, it's just not for me. Uh, but I knew that God had called me to medicine and I knew that God was asking me to do it. So I sat it again, I studied again, I sat it again, I studied again. And I must admit in this time, I realized that my faith was honestly getting exhausted. Like sitting it again, you're like, maybe this time and then it doesn't happen and you get depleted. And Maybe it wasn't trying to get into medicine for you, but I know that for many of us, there's things in our life that are like that. There's things that we've been believing for. Maybe it is healing in your body. Maybe it is the salvation of a loved one. Maybe it is for a forever partner, a wife or a husband. Maybe you're married and you've been believing for kids and it's just not happening. I don't know what it is for you, but there's some things in our life that we're just earnestly believing God for. And what can happen is we get stuck in this season. It's like a wait season between... God letting us know that that's his desire for our life. You get a promise from God. Maybe it's you read a scripture and it comes alive to you and you're like, that's the Lord speaking to me. Maybe someone prophesies over you and, and you know that it's for you, whatever it is. But then from that moment to the thing actually happening uh, can sometimes take a little while. Actually, most of the time it takes a little while. Uh, unfortunately, it says a day is like a thousand years to the Lord. So he's like, oh, seven days I'll do it. Seven thousand years. Like... And yeah, he, he just, he moves slowly sometimes, but his timing is always perfect. And so tonight I just wanted to talk about how do we actually sustain ourselves in that zone, in that middle ground of believing for God to move on our behalf, believing God, maintaining faith, 
coming against disappointment, overcoming unbelief? How do we sustain ourselves in that zone? And I just wanted to share some things with you tonight, uh, some practical things, first of all, because practical is always good, uh, and then just some key revelations that I've found in those waiting seasons. The first thing that I like to do when I'm believing God for something is put it through a little checklist. It's almost like uh, I call it the what am I believing for checklist. I'm going to give you guys some homework. It's going to come up on a slide shortly behind me. There it is. There we go. You guys are onto it. I can step out of the way, actually. I would encourage you guys just to uh, write or take a photo, maybe, because we're in 2022. The reason I'm saying take a photo is to avoid me reading 20 scriptures every time I'm up here. There's some homework for you guys to do. So I would encourage you, go and read those. Uh, go and uh, study those this week. But the first point that I wanted to make about this checklist is what, what, what is the promise that you have from God? It says in 1 John 5, 14 to 15, and this is the confidence that we have toward him that if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. There's two parts of that scripture that I really love. One is that we need to ask. Uh, even though God knows the thoughts of our minds, he knows our hearts, there's something that he loves about us asking him. And it's a faith sign to actually say, I'm going to verbalize this thing that I desire. I'm going to trust God with my heart and I'm going to ask him for the things that I want. So we need to ask. The second point is that according to his will. You see, if we are praying and asking for something that's according to the will of God, this promise says that he will hear us. And if he hears us, he will give us what we ask for. So the really the condition of the promise of him hearing and him answering our prayer is whether it's according to his will. One of the easiest ways that we know if we're asking for something according to the will of God is through the Bible. If it's in the Bible, it's according to God's will. And obviously not everything we ask for is necessarily, uh, there's a specific scripture. However, it should be in keeping with the nature of God. It should be in alignment with what he likes and what he doesn't like. And so I would encourage you, if you don't read your Bible, then it's very hard to ask things according to God's will. And I'm not up here to smack you and say, read your Bible. However, I would read my Bible if I was you. I really would, because this promise is only applicable to those who know the will of God. And the way that we know the will of God is through the Bible. Perfect example of this. You're like, oh, I'm believing for physical healing. Do I know if it's in the will of God? Scripture I just told you before, by his stripes we're healed. Another one, salvation for a loved one. God's word says that he desires that none shall perish and all shall inherit eternal life. So what you do is you've got these things. You're like, Lord, is this according to your will? You find the promise and you begin to pray it. And the promise is that he will hear us. The second one of those checklist points is why do you want what you're asking for? James 4, 2 to 3, starting halfway through verse 2, it says, yet you don't have what you ask because you don't ask God for it. There it is again. We need to ask. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. The two parts from that again, first thing we must ask, second thing is we need to get down to the depth of why are we asking for the thing we're asking for. You see, motives matter to God. He doesn't want to give you anything that's ultimately going to undo you, ultimately anything that's actually bad for you. And one of the things that uh, doing that process of asking God, why do I want this thing, is that when you actually get down to the depths of it, when your motives are pure, it just cements your faith more. You come out of that thing of being like, Lord, why do I really want this? With a more genuine hunger for what you're asking for, with a more passionate faith. 
for what you're asking for. You see, God doesn't want us to ask for things out of a place of jealousy or envy or comparison. He wants us to ask for the deep desires of our heart from a pure motive. The second thing that I like to do uh, is actually, uh, ironically, the practical to-dos of this wait season. They're going to come up behind me as well. And these to-dos are things that are scripturally based things that when you're in that season between getting the promise and then starting to act, the things that God uh, has placed in his word for us to, to do, and he expects us to do them. The first one is to seek God consistently. Seek God consistently. There's a few scriptures there as well, if you want to go and read those at some stage this week. But the thing is that God responds to persistence and diligence. It says that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so God expects us to seek him consistently. Another Bible verse says, when you pray and when you fast, when is not if, right? So he expects us to pray and he expects us to fast. And I love that we're in a time of fasting. This jumper did fit before we started and my belt's gone up a few notches, but but God says, when you fast and there's power in it. And I would encourage you, like we have a week left. If you haven't fasted for the last two weeks, totally okay. Jump on board now. Move something aside. Maybe you're going to deny yourself that ice cream, something. But there's something about fasting that really moves God's heart. And I would encourage you, one of the scriptures I shared on that slide, uh, I think it's the Psalm one, is to do with fasting and, and what it does in our life. The other thing that we need to do is declare the promises and scriptures of God. In Romans uh, 10, 17 is a scripture I have for that. But what that does is when we declare scripture is it keeps our eyes on truth over facts. We don't want to be a church that denies facts. If you have a sore knee, the fact is you have a sore knee. However, the truth is, by his stripes you're healed. And so without ignoring the facts, we change our focus and we focus on the truth over that circumstance and situation. And what that does is that builds faith, it maintains faith. You see, the first act of communication in the Bible, sorry, the first act of speech in the Bible was not for communication. It was for creation. God spoke and created. And it's the same thing with us. It says the power of life and death is in the tongue. So what you speak matters. If all you say is that wretched knee is just a pest and all you do is complain about it rather than every time it hurts saying, thank you, God, that you're healing my knee. Thank you, Lord, that by your stripes I'm healed. Thank you, God, that you sent forth your word and healed me. If you begin to do that, I can guarantee you that your faith stays high and God begins to move on your behalf. The second thing, or third thing, should I say, is that you position yourself for a miracle. This is getting in church every week. This is registering for conferences, going to altar calls. I always tell people, I'm like, if there's an altar call at church that applies to me one one hundredth, I'm there. Could be like, I think I'm applicable to that. Maybe, maybe not. I'm going anyway. Why? Because I'm, I'm hungry. You don't know if your miracle's here or not. You just have to turn up and keep coming. And so I would encourage you, altar calls, conferences. Guys, we have a conference coming up. That's what it means to position yourself to get a miracle from God. I would encourage you, if you believe in God for something, there's something about it. It says that Moses only heard the voice coming from the bush when? When he turned aside, when he, when he sought God. Same thing, Abraham hears God, but God doesn't give him all the information, has to leave where he was, then God speaks to him. It's the same thing for us. There's something about positioning yourself to hear from God, positioning yourself for a miracle. It was actually at a conference that uh, in my journey of getting into medical school, 
Uh, after seven years, I think it was at this point, I actually got an offer uh, to a medical school in Wollongong. And in the natural, it seems 100% ludicrous for me to turn that down. Stupid. You've tried for seven years, you've spent probably at that point maybe 10 grand and maybe like months, I don't even want to calculate how much study I had to do. Like it's sickening. But it finally comes to that moment and then I, I ended up saying no to it. Why? Because I was lucky enough to have positioned myself in a place where someone came, prophesied over me, and they said, hey, a door's going to be open to you, and it's not a door that you could open, but a supernatural one, one that, uh, that, that is a complete miracle of God. And that's exactly what happened. The, the next point, obedience to God. I felt the Lord uh, tell me to, to say no to that offer. I, I did the things that you should always do when you're making a big decision. I love Pastor John and Dan say it all the time. You seek uh, wisdom from a leader. You pray about it. You get a scripture. You do the right things. I did all those things and I felt God tell me to, to turn it down. And this is the amazing thing. When I obeyed God just three months later, uh, a complete wild thing happened. I was told it would be minimum, minimum 10 years before there'd be a medical school on the Sunshine Coast. But between me saying no to Wollongong, uh, in that small amount of time, just a couple months, a university that was in control of the Sunshine Coast University Hospital pulled the pin on their project there and a different uni stepped in. And rather than them, them only sending students who were in their final year to the uni, they said, hey, let's have students the whole way through. And just three months after saying no to one offer, God opens that door and I get in. And it's, wow, that's the only reason I'm here today. I have no idea what would have happened to me if I went to Wollongong. I trust that God's good and he would have re-steered the ship, but... I have no doubt that his ultimate plan was for me to be here today. And, and that only come from two things, positioning myself and then obedience to God. And so I would encourage you to do those things. The, um, the other thing I just want to share right now in this wait season, that's the practical stuff out of the way. This is the, the real heart work that God does for you in this waiting season. And this is really one I wanted to dig deep into tonight. And that it's that in that season between getting a promise and it coming to uh, fulfillment is that God is testing your faith. Now, he does this because he loves us. And I want to read a scripture in James 1, 2 to 4. It says, count it all joy, my brothers. This one's hard to do. When you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Did you know in that wait season, God's trying to perfect you? It's trying to create steadfastness in you. It says that when steadfastness has had its fulfillment, he's making you perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. See, steadfastness means endurance. God's not looking for sprinters. There's no point in signing up for a race you can't complete. Me and the Melbourne uh, campus pastor, Dan, have a, a goal together that before we turn 30, we're going to do a marathon. I'm very aware that if I tried to do one now, it would either be very slow or I'd hurt myself but I'm building the endurance so that I can finish one, hopefully in the next year and a half. Uh, and he's doing the same. But endurance, God's looking for people who will endure, people who will stay the course. And really in this time of testing your faith, like I said, God's doing it out of a place of love. There's only one way to know whether your faith is built on a rock or on sand. The Bible says that if you build upon Jesus Christ, you're building upon a rock. But until the faith test comes, you don't know if your faith is being built on sand or a rock, right? It's when the wind starts to really blow that you know if you're a little shaky or not. 
It's the same thing as trees. You don't know how deep the roots go down till the wind's blowing really hard. And you see it. Sometimes you see hurricanes go through places and everything's just turmoil, but there's just one or two trees and their roots are deep. And that's what God's doing in our lives in these seasons. He's sending the roots down very deep. He's making sure our foundation is a rock. And the thing I would love to say actually is that I would rather my faith be tested now. I would rather I see the cracks in my foundation now. When I've got time with the Lord to repent, when I've got time with the Lord to process these things, when I can let him heal me on the inside, when I can do these things rather than standing before him and, and recognizing that I didn't do everything that God was calling me to do because I had built my faith on, a, on sand. And the reality is God loves you and it's not a question of whether you're going to heaven or not. But the Bible makes it very clear that there are two judgments, that there is one judgment that's, did you accept my son or did you not? The next one is, what did you do with him? What did you do with your life with Jesus? And that's why he tests our faith, because he wants us to have strong faith. He wants us to have deep roots and a strong foundation. He wants us to be faithful. So God, uh, the thing thing actually is uh, about the whole medical school journey as well, is that I recognized very quickly that if I had actually got the thing I was asking for when I started praying for it, there was no way I was ready. I thought I was. And I thought I would be fine, but I'm so aware now doing medicine that at the time when I was asking for it, although what I was asking for was according to God's will, my heart was off. God got to the depths of me. He said, are you doing it for money? Are you doing it for position? Are you doing it for title? What are you doing it for? And I had to go on that journey of really just letting him into that. The other thing that he had to deal with was pride and arrogance. Can I trust you with a position that people look up to and maintain humility? And so there was a healing work that God had to do in that season in my heart. See, God wants to give you the desires of your heart. He wants to give you a husband. He wants to give you a child. He wants to heal your body. He wants to do these things, but not at the expense of your soul, not at the expense of your spirit, not at the expense of purity. He wants to give you the desires of your heart when they'll be a blessing to you, not a hindrance. And so I just want to encourage you in this season acknowledge when your faith is being tested that God is trying to perfect you. Seek steadfastness in that season. And uh, I'll just get the, the keyboard to start right now, Rod with his spirit fingers, as I, as I share this last point. And that is that above all, when your faith is being tested, God is creating in you faithfulness. Faithfulness. I love this scripture in Daniel 3. It's the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They've been told that if you don't bow down to this gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has made, that they'll be thrown into a a burning fire, uh, which is just a crazy thing in itself. But Daniel 3, 17 to 18, I want to read this really quick. This is them talking back to the king. They said, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve the gods or worship the gold statue you've set up. There's three lines in there that really touched me when I read it. It says, is able to save us. My friends, that's, that's what I would call hope. He is able. Then it says, he will rescue us. That's faith. And then it says, but even if he doesn't, that's faithfulness. You see the Lord's? desire for us is that we pray and we seek him and we want him to move on our behalf but the deepest place is saying even if he doesn't even if he doesn't I'm not going anywhere 
Moses in Exodus 33, 15 said the same thing. He said, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. Do you know when he said that? He's in a desert with a million people complaining about where they were. He was leading a body of people through a desert. And the Lord said, I'll send you to the promised land on one condition, I'm not going with you. And this is Moses' response. If your presence won't go with us, do not send me up from here. Do you see what he's doing? He's saying, the Lord, I know that you've promised that for us. But if it's a choice between what I'm believing for or you, I choose you every time. He had hundreds of thousands of people wanting to kill him. And he's living in a desert where every day he had to live by faith for food, water, everything. But he says and acknowledges that if I don't have God, I really truly have nothing. You know, the day I believe I really firmly got into medicine was the day that I was willing to say, Lord, even if I never do, I'm not turning my back on you. Like I deeply adore you, Jesus. Whether, I, whether I'm a doctor, whether I'm not, whether my body's healed, whether I'm not, whether I ever get a husband, whether I get a wife, I believe that you want those things for me. I believe you'll fulfill the desires of my heart. But ultimately, above everything else, I want to be faithful to you. Faithfulness is what he wants. And I just want to encourage you here today that keep believing for what you're believing for. Keep believing God for a miracle. Keep believing God for the desires of your heart. But just come before him and just say, Lord, even if that never happens, I'm not going anywhere. Like ultimately, I love it. In a time when Abraham was believing for a son, Isaac, he said, Lord, where is he? I don't have him. The Lord takes him out of his tent, gets him to look up, tells him that your sons will be the number of stars. But he says a line in there. He says, behold, I am your reward, your exceedingly great reward. Saying, Abraham, I'm going to do what I've told you I'm going to do, but I'm your reward. More than a son, more than a breakthrough, more than a healing. And so just... Can we just close our eyes for a second? I, I really just felt to pray for some people tonight uh, who might have been believing for something for a really long time. And it's almost taken you out a few times. You've almost been like, I've just, I've just had enough. I don't know if I can maintain faith anymore. I feel like there's some people on the other end of a miracle and the thing in the middle, the hinge pin, is coming to a place of deep surrender with God where you say, Lord, I believe that you will, but even if you don't, my faithfulness is toward you. I'm steadfast to you. And so with every eye closed, all I want you to do is just acknowledge the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart right now. Just pop your hand up and we're going to pray together. Come on, ton of people, just keep your eyes closed. If that's you, just acknowledge him. This is just saying, Lord, that's me. Pop those hands down. This is a beautiful moment. I feel God's heart for you. Lord, I just pray for the ones that responded then. I pray that as they choose faithfulness, faithfulness to you, as they say, Lord, I believe that you will. But even if you don't, your presence is everything to me and I will never turn away from you. Lord, I believe that as they make that decision toward you, I truly and firmly believe, Lord, that you will give them the desires of their heart, the deepest things that they've been believing for. Father, I pray right now that you would open impossible doors. I pray that you would bring breakthrough where there's been years of no breakthrough, 
where there's been years of prayer, years of prophecy, years of things, Lord, in the spirit stirring, but I believe on the other end of them declaring their faithfulness to you, that you are going to come in and do mighty things in their lives in Jesus' name. And Lord, we just acknowledge you. Lord, we as a church just declare, Lord God, that even if you don't, we choose you. Uh, We're faithful to you. Your presence is the utmost, dearest, deepest desire of our heart. And we absolutely adore you. Your precious name we pray. Amen. I did forget to mention something uh, in this, and that when I was encouraging you before to start reading your Bible, we have something amazing coming up soon, and it's Bible College. I nearly forgot, I got there. Uh, Bible College is starting soon. If you want more details, scan the QR code. Bible College is amazing. If you want to dig deep with other people who are hungry, that's the place to do it. And uh, I can just encourage you, reading the Bible is one of the most beautiful journeys that you'll go on uh, as you really just discover the heart of God. But I'm going to hand back to Josh, and uh, thank you guys. (laughs) 